We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Tuesday, October thirty-first, two thousand and twenty-three. Happy Halloween to those that are trick or treating in the snow tonight. There's not a chance in hell you will find me out there in thirty-five degrees in snow. I do that for football and that's about it uh and that's the way that that's going to be and now with the way this team is going i'm not so sure that you even want to do it for football these try i guess i'll start by asking you this is there a worse maybe you haven't experienced this so forgive me if i'm asking out of turn but is there a worse feeling you could think of that you're on a team that's not playing to expectations to put it nicely or to put it you know poorly is that they're bad and then it's cold and nasty and like it's just not desirable conditions. Is there anything worse as far as playing football than having to play in a game like that? No, it's I mean, that's downright miserable in every single way. Uh hits don't feel the same when when it's cold. So now losing and then still having to go out there and hit and do all those other things, miserable. The fans are miserable. Half of them don't show up, half of them leave after you give up two touchdowns in a row. Uh, everything about it just drags on and it's just frustrating, right? You come to the sideline, your coach is mad at you. You're half mad at him because he probably called a play that you think sucked and someone missed a block or busted a coverage. Like, it's just all bad. Like there's 
there's no there's no way to enjoy like you don't even enjoy practice during these times when things are going like this like most coaches are hard-headed and they're gonna say oh it's gonna be cold on on sunday or monday so we're gonna practice outside two days this week and it's snowing at practice and you got sweatpants on and you're more worried about how cold you are when you're standing on the side than paying attention and that might be part of the reason you're getting whooped uh but you know like it's just it's just bad it, it there's no way around it and unfortunately or fortunately the packers have some time to write the ship before the weather turns really nasty because i can tell you from a fan's perspective nothing cooler than a weather game that matters right mm-hmm. like those frozen tundra games if you will and being a lifelong packer fan that's what you live for is those kinds of games unfortunately it doesn't look like the packers are going to be playing in any important games at lambeau field this year, unless you count tanking for draft position, which we can talk about at a much, much later date. But they lose to Minnesota. It's 24-10. to 10. Uh, They haven't scored 20 points without the benefit of garbage time since week two against Atlanta. They've been outscored 73-9 to nine in the first half since week three against New Orleans. I can't find any silver linings on offense, Trey, but you told me at about one o'clock this afternoon that you were preparing your monologue. So in the spirit of sports radio, I'm going to give Trey Watson the monologue. Trey, the floor is yours. Yeah, man. You know, it's, it's honestly funny. Cause I, I like I, we're sitting there talking on Twitter and, you know, I kind of thought about what I wanted to say. And then literally as we're about to come on just now, I even really took it a step further. And I don't know, you know, how many people are, are Marvel fans and comic fans. But have you ever seen the Spider-Man meme? It's three different Spider-Mans. It's supposed to be all the different generations from all the different movies and producers. But they're all pointing at each other, looking like, hey, it's me. Hey, it's me. Hey, it's me. Um, And I think that really relates to where uh, the Packers are at, specifically offensively right now. Um, And not, not in a good way. Not in a good way at all. Because we sit here, and I think a, a reporter asked LaFleur either yesterday or today, um, can you get a fair evaluation of, of Jordan Love with the way everyone else has been playing on offense? Um, and I've seen that multiple times on Twitter. A lot of different analysts and, and Packers reporters want to say that because, you know, hey, is it everyone else's fault and, and Jordan is either going to look bad because of it or he's going to play well in spite of it? Um, and to be honest – it goes three different ways. I was going to say it goes two ways, but like I said, I, I kind of revamped that. And it really goes three ways. You could realistically sit here and say, yeah, are the are the wide receivers, the tight ends, the O-line, the running backs, are they playing so bad that no matter how great Jordan was or could potentially be, we weren't going to see it because this team is not built for him to play well. They're not executing. Nobody's making plays. You can go on and on. Conversely, I could sit there and say, hey, Jordan has looked awful on probably 95% of his deep balls. There's been all these miscommunications. And at the end of the day, the quarterback is the center of all that, right? He needs to he needs to be there. And in, in big moments, they've kind of disappeared. So is it also fair to say Christian, Wicks, uh, Romeo, Jaden Reed, Musgrave, the running backs, which, I mean, obviously, you know, Aaron has been hurt more than anything, but just throw him in there too. Can we fairly evaluate those guys given how poorly the quarterback play has been a lot of the time? 
there's been i mean i could i could probably name 15 different circumstances right now of 20 plus yard plays that are easily completed 99% of the time at the professional level and they just haven't been this year that's not to that's not to mention you know how many plays that maybe start off as a 5 yard gain you put the ball in the hands of your playmaker like you're supposed to and they become big plays like the the spoof from uh from was it yesterday of uh the really bad pass and Aaron has to jump behind his body and catch it. And he ends up fumbling the ball and drops it out of bounds. And what should have been an easy completion turns into nothing. Well, normally when you get the ball in the hands of your pro bowl level player, like Aaron Jones, even if he catches the ball with at the line of scrimmage, that could easily become a 50, 60, 70 yard play. He makes one guy miss all of a sudden he gets a block. He's in the end zone. We have not seen a single one of those plays this year because they've struggled to complete flat routes and screens and all these kinds of things. So does that fall on Jordan some? Does that fall on the execution of the offense by the, the O-line and the other guys supposed to be blocking? Yes. So that's another way we can look at it. Then the third take is, can anybody who's on the offense, who's on the field, the young receivers, Jordan Love, the running backs, the tight ends, even the O-line who we can talk about all day and, and how poorly they played, can any of them be successful if the the coaching that they're getting or not getting, which might be the, the reason that it's happening, isn't sufficient? If the plays that are being called can be called lazy and overly repetitive by Dan Orlovsky and all these guys who are just watching a couple plays a game saying, yeah, every second and five, they're going to run sticks. They're going to run this concept. That is a problem in and of itself because if you think the analysts on TV know that, what are the what are the NFL defensive coordinators and and staffs that they're going up against every week know? What are they game planning for? They're in they're in those meetings licking their chops because they know they have Green Bay coming up and they're going to they're going to do everything they want to do against them. They're going to shut them down, which has happened time in and time out. So, it's, you know, we can sit here all day and say can we fairly evaluate Jordan can, can we fairly evaluate anybody right now? Um, the reality of it is, is everyone looks bad. Like when, when you're two and five, there is blame to go everywhere. Um, and I said this before a long time ago, but when you have a young team, which outside of a couple veterans and, and high paid guys, the, the vast majority of this team is what? First and second years. And then there's a, a fair amount of third and fourth years. But there's, there's not a lot of really established vets. You have, you have a young team one of the youngest in the league and they knew that coming in you got a coach you you have to be that difference maker that says we're going to tap into that potential that made us go with this football team they they didn't go out there trying to go 0 and 16 this year or or 2 and 5 or whatever they are to this point they wanted to win football games and they said we can win football teams with the or football games with the way we constructed this roster if so you got to show it you have to prove it, and and they have not been able to. The the big money guys on this team who are getting paid all kinds of money, except for Rashawn, who just got paid this morning or last night. Congrats to him, uh, and and rightfully so. Outside of him, no one who's getting paid big money is playing like a big money football player. No one who got drafted really high is playing like a high level draft pick. Um, and that's that's across the board. Like normally, even when a team is really bad you can find glimpses of hope within within a game, within a couple games, within a season. You can find moments that you're like, there's something to build from there. 
the way this season has gone really since the fourth quarter of week two began in Atlanta, there has been almost nothing that you say, yeah, we can, we can really do something with that. No one has made plays. No one has progressed. To be honest, everyone has regressed. Guys have repeatedly been hurt who you need on the field. When they've been on the field, they haven't been able to do what you're paying them to do. Um, And, that falls on everyone at the end of the day. Like we can, we can sit here and say, is it fair for Jordan? Is it fair for the young weapons? Is it fair for LaFleur to have this type of roster? This is the roster him, he and the GM went with. This is, this is what they wanted. They chose to do. And that's at the end of the day, that falls on them. Um, So that's, that's my spiel, man. You know, like I just wanted to get that off my chest. I just feel like we can sit here and, and point fingers all day and say, who is the problem? Um, but the reality of it is we can, we can try and find little holes of, or little things that, Hey, this guy has done this really well between the second, uh, the two minutes left in the second quarter and five minutes into the third quarter, he's played really well. And his completion percentage is really high in this period of time. Hey, this guy's pass blocking percentage has been really well on these third down situations only at the end of the day, dude, this is, this is a bad football team and no one is playing high level football. That's why they're not able to win games. They're not able to get off the field on defense. Special teams looks terrible. They're ridiculous amounts of penalties, always at the, the most critical situations of the game. And the offense can't move the ball, can't put up points. Uh, you don't win if you don't put up points. That's, that's the object of the game. Yeah, football one-on-one right there, and the Packers cannot score. And, and you talk about this blame pie, if you will, and I've always found it weird, these, you know, the internet always seems to want to find, and this is every sport, Fix this one thing and everything will be fine. You know, at the beginning of the season, it was fire the defensive coordinator. That'll fix everything. Well, now we've probably realized there's larger issues than just who's coaching the defense here in 2023. Then it was, you know, well, now it's, yeah, it's Jordan Love is not the problem. Or Jordan Love is the entire problem, depending on who you ask. Uh, I don't understand the point to try and pick which one of those things is true, quite frankly, because I think it's all a problem. You know, like yesterday... The first third and one of the game, it turned into a YOLO ball to Romeo Dobbs, and he made a hell of a play on. It was a great throw. The problem is that is an RPO day one install, and they screwed it up. And I don't know who screwed it up. I can, you know, without looking at at the play, I know they had trips to the offense's right hand side, and who's supposed to run the smoke screen on that? But everybody blocked, and then Rasheed Walker gets a penalty that. I don't think he earned, I mean, Rasheed Walker's earned plenty of criticism, but on that particular play mm-hmm. doesn't earn it. You know, that ball is supposed to be out in one second and it wasn't. And again, that's day one install stuff. There's things that they screw up at such an elementary level. And I don't know how this is where I think the coach gets some blame and he deserves it. How did they not come into the season thinking, okay, we're just at minimum at the absolute bare minimum. We have this many young guys. We're going to do the simple stuff really well like just simple basic stuff and they don't do that you know when trey you could probably tell me when's the last time they completed a crossing route across the formation with guys like jay reed and christian watson and luke musgrave guys that are speed people that's an easy route to get the ball in their hands and let them go you said to us during the game yesterday that you've never seen an offense that is just so unable to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers and I mentioned those three guys. I'll throw in Aaron Jones as well. Again, it's 
it doesn't have to be overly complicated. You know, one of the criticisms of, of Watson, for example, is the, well, he's not a nuanced route runner. And I'm not saying anything that you haven't said right here on the show at this stage of his career. That's true. Okay. So stop asking him to do that for all 25 dropbacks. Like there are plays that can be run with somebody of that skill set that don't have to be, you know, this precise. And it feels like we're getting really Aaron Rodgers y kind of with there. Some of the criticisms of Aaron Rodgers where if it's not run perfect, then it's not going to work. Jaden Reed, same thing. Romeo Dobbs, you can do things like that. Too. It just feels like they're not simple or and they're misusing players. Like one example is Musgrave. This thing where they continue to try and use him in this flat route and have him break a tackle. He hasn't broken a tackle since high school. It's not his thing. Let him run past linebackers. That's his thing. And maybe Love doesn't hit him on the scene ball, but that's where you know, like, hey, at least we've put, again, LaFleur said the, the interception that ended the game against Denver, and I wasn't here for the post-wrap for that, but he said that was the perfect play. Jordan Love said the same exact thing after the game. They got the look they wanted. That call is for that coverage that they got. They just didn't execute. Well, if you do things the right way with the players and use their skills to their biggest advantages, then at least you know it's an execution problem, and we can kind of figure out what the issue is. Instead of asking players to do things that they are not good at or do things that they are not as strong suit at, or in the case of Aaron Jones, not put them on the field at all. You know, My take with him specifically, and he's kind of like a microcosm of all that encapsulates the issues with this Packers offense. And that is his seven carries yesterday. And okay, you fell behind and couldn't play run game as much as you wanted to. Okay. Why is AJ Dillon getting snaps in two minutes? Why is AJ Dillon, like, why are they giving him snaps in short yardage? Quite frankly, Aaron Jones has proven over years to be better at that than AJ Dillon is. And sometimes it's the smallest guys that are the best ones in that because it's more short area quickness and burst and vision than it is bulk. Dylan just doesn't run behind his pads at this point. One of the things that I thought of today on my way home that I kind of want to get your take on is the way this team is built and how it feels like they contradict themselves everywhere. Now you watch a team, for example, and you know what their identity is like right from the jump, you know, the personality of the head coach is like Mike Vrabel, for example, you know what Tennessee wants to do. They want to run the ball, they want to smash your face in, and they want to play defense, and they build their team according to mm-hmm. that. The Packers have built their team. Matt LaFleur is an inside-outside zone, kind of a more of a finesse running game than a physical one. That's not a knock. That's just what it is. And they drafted A.J. Dillon, who is not a finesse running back at his at his peak. They've drafted, and while they draft all the this power running back, to run this finesse scheme. They've drafted a coach that wants to tie everything to the run game, but all of their offensive linemen are converted tackles that don't excel at run blocking. So they can't really get a yard that way, or they can't move guys off of the ball, or they can't zone reach and do all that stuff off of the ball either. And their offensive coordinator is a offensive line coach who, you know, most, and I'm, stereotyping a bit here, but most offensive line coaches want to run the football as well. Mm-hmm. And in a league that is built around throwing the ball, like the Packers have two second or three second round picks starting on their offense that are pass catchers. They used a first round pick on a quarterback and, and then they're trying to chuck and duck and throw the ball all over the place. Nothing about the way this offense is built from its very structure 
makes any sense to me. What's your thought on that? You know, um, and I feel like I got to preface it with the, this with the fact that I've never been a play caller, nor has basically anybody outside of, <laughs> of outside of the highest level coaches like high school and, and youth football do not count. Uh, it is not the same uh, outside of maybe Madden. That's that's where I've gotten the most of my play calling in. But what I will say is, is watching this offense you don't see basic elements that are in any offense you would see at any level of football ever. You mentioned crossers to your, your tall lanky guys who are, who who can get, get in between zones and catch the ball for 15, 16 yards, make, make or break a tackle and, and do whatever. You don't see those. When was the last time they completed a regular slant? Now, I'll, I will say Wicks dropped the RPO slant, but that's an RPO. That's not just a, a slant in a route concept. Basically, like 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 Jordan completed the Christian for an 80-yard touchdown in, in Philly last year. Where is that? Where are those – where are the routine, easy throws? And I'm not, I'm not talking about four guys run quick outs or hitches, and if it's cover two, they convert, and, and Jordan is late on the throw to the, the whole shot. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about regular routine plays. Like, I think in, in the in the four-minute drive before halftime where they finally got a first down, they completed a curl route to Christian. And it was wide open, 13 yards. That was, like, more than they had the whole first half prior to that drive. Where are those routine throws, those easy elements that you can you can just get all the time? A lot of people would say, "Hey, get the get the screen game involved and get get your get your guy or get your guys the ball in the flat." They've tried that; it doesn't work for whatever reason. They cannot execute a screen to save their lives, like ninety nine percent of the time, or an RPO for that matter, or the RPOs are going to the wrong guys. Like in the open space, I want Jaden Reed getting the ball. I want Christian getting the ball, and Aaron in that not necessarily in that order, but I want one of those three guys touching touching the RPO. Anyone else should be a secondary option if the defense gives you a wide open look. Other than that, get the ball in your most dynamic ball carrier's hands. Otherwise, you're wasting plays. And that's that's what a lot of it comes back to, in my opinion, for their, their offense, is they're just wasting plays. Whether it's 3-0 linemen blowing a blocking assignment on one play at any given time, uh, like the third and one where AJ, AJ is hitting the backfield really as he's taking the ball like everyone's kind of made a lot of fun of AJ and and he definitely did not start off the season on a great note at least the last couple weeks I'll give him credit he's been falling forward for the most part um he has been getting a yard plus after contact for the most for, for the most part of what I've seen you're when you're getting hit as Jordan Love is handing you the ball you have no chance uh even Barry Sanders couldn't do much before he Just even say the same thing. Yeah, before he even got the ball, like what are you gonna do? So, like those simple things are missing. Um, and at the beginning of the year, you know, I, I was talking about defense when I said it, um, especially in the run game, but in just football in general, you have to have more guys able to execute their assignment than the other team, and more often than not. Even if you don't have superstars, even if the other team has Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and freaking Ray Lewis at middle linebacker, you have a chance. You'll get positive yards on those plays. They don't 
it seems like on more plays than not, they have less than half of the guys on the field executing. Uh, is that because they don't know the plays? Is that because they don't have the ability to execute them? It's not because the dudes on the other side are just dominant football players. Like, no offense, but um, what's the D lineman's name from from the Vikings? The old older older white guy, Harrison, Harrison Phillips. Yeah, Harrison Smith is a safety. Harrison Phillips. Harrison Phillips. Yeah, yeah, Harrison Phillips is is the D lineman. He's like thirty seven. He swam uh, who's that Myers on that third and one play so fast, like I can't even explain. Like, dude, that's a that's an old man beating you like he's twenty two years old, fresh out of college. That stuff just doesn't happen. Like they didn't have Aaron Donald in there who just forklifted the guy into your running back. All you have to do is stay in front of him for a minute. At least shade to your cover the hole that you're supposed to cover. If, if the ball is going to be running a gap to the, to the left side, don't let the guy beat you immediately to the a gap to the left side. Like you do know, you know where the play is going and they do not at the end of the day. And it feels like those elementary levels of football are missing. Like, like you said, three guys, three guys blocking on, on the first third down on an RPO call. Whose fault is that? Because that's happened far too many times this year. Stuff like that just can't happen. And if it keeps happening, take the RPOs out. If guys can't execute a simple RPO, then it needs to be on third and one. We're going to line up in 23 personnel jumbo, and we're going to run the dang ball. If we get it, we get it. If we don't, we don't. I'd rather that than smoking a play because you can't even get guys to execute simple stuff, which they're in the NFL. They're getting paid a lot of money. They need to be able to execute it. But like I said, it's, it's just frustrating all around. Uh, and like we haven't even touched on the fact that the defense had no interest in getting off the football field yesterday, um, didn't take any of the, the opportunities that were presented to them, and gave up the first rushing touchdown of the season to, to the Vikings. Uh, all of that is just hard. And you give up a, a, a game-clinching drive to a quarterback who's, like, what, never had professional football. He's a rookie. In a rookie backup game. from BYU. Yeah, like, I, I mean, everybody wants to bag on the small schools, but, like, <laughs> it's a BYU fourth-round pick. Like, this guy wasn't playing at Georgia last year. You know, this yeah. isn't high, high level like that. But, yeah, the defense, that's a good segue. The points – we're there, but everything else sets up for regression. And then you add in when the offense, like Preston Smith, you mentioned a guy, you know, you mentioned high dollar players not playing like high dollar players. Preston Smith did yesterday. That's the first time he has probably this season, but still he did yesterday and he set the Packers up and gave them a chance to get back into the game. It's 24 to 10. He stripped sacks, Jaron Hall deep in Minnesota territory. I think they had first and 10 from the 16 yard line and they go four and out. Like, they don't even get close to thinking they might score a touchdown. As from a defender standpoint, Trey, you could tell me that you didn't do this, but I'm almost certain you're lying if you say that you didn't. But if you guys are playing ball on that side of the ball and the offense can't do anything for three, four, five games in a row, Jair Alexander clarified his comment when he said, I guess we can't allow any touchdowns. And then he said, looking inward and be more accountable and all that good stuff. So it wasn't as bad of a quote as it sounded, but like that level of frustration is going to kick in at some point when the results 
aren't going to be there at all for the offense. And eventually the results aren't going to be there for the defense either. Cause green Bay's mm. defense, the underlying numbers are not good. And eventually they're not going to be playing the Broncos and the Raiders. You know, if Stafford can play this week, Stafford's the best quarterback that they face so far this season. I wanted to clarify yeah. that in my head real quick. So yeah. if Stafford <laughs> plays and then they're going to get Justin Herbert, they get a break with Kenny Pickett. Okay, fine. Whatever. Justin Herbert's after that. Then they get Mahomes. They get Jared Goff. Like they've got some good players coming into play against this defense. And they, yesterday, the Vikings converted 10 third downs. Nine of them were of eight yards or more. And what do we always say on any analysis based thing that talks about the Packers at all as well? They're built to stop the pass. So just get them into an obvious passing situation and the Packers are in good shape. Well, they got that yesterday. And the Vikings were 10 for 18 on third downs. Nine of them, like I said, of eight yards or more. And I mean, to kind of come full circle with everything again, and I've talked about this for a month now, I have no idea what this team does well. And like you said, there are some shitty teams in the NFL and in every sport, you know, name your name your league. But you can point to something that you're like, you know what? Yeah, this team stinks, but they do do that at least. Okay. You know, Green Bay, even last year when they were still not very good, you were like, yeah, but their run game is solid. Like you've got to account for that and they can hit some play action passing off of that and yada, yada, yada. They don't stop the run. They don't really stop the pass. If Gary's not getting after the quarterback, more on him in a bit, because we'll end this on a positive note. Mm-hmm. But if Gary's not getting after the quarterback, they really don't. Their best court, like yeah, one of the biggest complaints is always that Barry doesn't let Jair Alexander cover the other team's best receiver. Well, Minnesota's best receiver was matched up on Jair Alexander pretty frequently yesterday and three targets, three catches and a 20 yard touchdown. He got smoked on that route out of the backfield that that Addison ran in. And I think Addison's going to be a good player in the NFL. This isn't surprising. I mean, he's off to a good start. But you, Jair Alexander is one of the highest-paid corners, if not still the highest-paid corner in all of football. He's paid to take those guys away, and he hasn't. He hasn't this year. And, again, they don't take the ball away. Like, I remember the 2011 Packers, for example. That defense was terrible. But they took the ball away, interceptions and fumbles. They led the league in takeaways that year. Well, the Packers don't get any takeaways either. Mm-hmm. They won yesterday. Didn't, and when they do get one, they don't do anything with it. Yeah. You know, I think the, the microcosm of the season as far as like complimentary football is they're playing Detroit at home. And you're coming off a huge win against New Orleans with that big comeback, riding that wave and trying to feel good about things. It's a bit of a showdown trying to prove to Detroit that Green Bay still runs the North. And that was a cute story about the Lions, blah, blah, blah. And Goff throws a pick on the first drive. And Green Bay goes three and out. Nothing. And they kick a field goal. Like there's nothing off of it. That's a short field that they get nothing off of it. And they did that again yesterday. They get the takeaway, nothing out of it. Again, (laughs) what do they do well? Have you found anything? Because I sure as hell can't. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And then you can get ready for football and fun Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza. Pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza, pepperoni, no questions about it. And more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is, in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love Crazy Bread, love, love, love Crazy Bread. Get it every single time. You win when you get Crazy Bread. And speaking of winning, Literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? In college, I personally dealt with an addiction that was tough to get over. And while my mind kept telling me to do the right things and I wanted to do the right things, it was always hard trying to make the right choices in real time. What I eventually found out was that therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back and how to work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy has helped me with my past struggles and helped make me a better person today for my friends and my family. Therapy has helped me learn my trigger points, my destructive habits, and what positive steps to take to ensure that those negative behaviors turn into positive ones. If you're even thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be catered to your schedule, and flexible to your individual needs. The best part is that BetterHelp is so easy to sign up for. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time time for no additional charge. Make your brain your best friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash packaday. Cue the dramatic music. We have a public service announcement. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new performance package 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, we're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code PACKADAY. High-tech for low places, 
Manscaped. Personally, Manscaped is my go-to for all of my grooming needs. Manscaped has some crazy technology that helps prevent nicks, cuts, snags, and tugs in all those ultra-sensitive places. I also personally recommend the Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion that just makes the entire experience so much better. In an area that you have to have trust, I trust Manscaped, and you should too. Right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. I can promise you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship. So get yours today from our folks over at Manscaped. Yeah, no, I I think that's that's where where they are. Is you you can't hold your hat on on anything right now. Like there's not one thing where you're like, okay, well they well they do that. Um, offensively, defensively, or even even special teams wise, like. Keyshawn Nixon was all pro last year. Uh, this year, has he gotten a return past the 25? I think, like, the, the best starting field position we've had offensively was the the kick out of bounds uh, the other day. So it's just it's just all around un- unfortunate, really. Like, we can we can pick apart all the, the minute things all day um, because there's a lot right now. Like, there's a lot of things that you can look at and say, okay, well, what's going on here? What's going on there? Like, you mentioned you mentioned you know Jair wanted to travel with receivers. Fortunately, that was only Minnesota's best receiver for the time being. That day. I mean, they, yeah, they've got the best receiver in football sitting over on the side in some sunglasses and shades, and you're like, oh well, maybe we're all right. Like, uh, Minnesota has Brandon Powell playing like forty or fifty snaps as one of their top receivers because they don't have anybody else. KJ Osborne, like, no offense to him, but he's I mean he, he's not a threat. Like, I'm not like. Oh my God, KJ Osborne. And those are the guys they rolled out there and they did whatever they wanted to. I mean, giving up, what did you say, nine, nine, third, and eight pluses? Like any D coordinator I ever had would have, they would have pulled their hair out by the end of that game. I mean, third and eight plus, like you're just, you're just sitting there like, this is a win. We're about to run some exotic pressure. Rashawn's over there sitting on the edge, itching. He's about to get the best jump on the ball he's gotten every single time. And it's going to be a sack or it's going to be an incomplete pass and we're going to get off the field and the offense is going to do something. Nine times is is an abomination to, to defensive football. Like, everyone's got to look in the mirror and just say, okay, we're we're not very good, like, at all. Um, so it's, it's hard. I think, like, you know, we're sitting here and we're talking about the offense and we're talking about, okay, well, they had a bunch of drops yesterday. They did. Uh, unfortunately, one part of having really young receivers is that 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 can be an issue. Um, another thing is a lot of those drops are in situations that aren't just easy situations. I kind of I kind of hit on it earlier, but like I was just scrolling Twitter before we got on here, and Chris Olave yesterday against the Colts was so wide open. Like I mean, there wasn't anyone within thirty yards of him. It was some kind of blown coverage. For one, has anyone noticed? I've only counted one blown coverage against uh, us all season long, and it was the the Raiders play where Christian catches Lots the ball and, bomb, yeah. and gets horse collar. Normally, just over the course of playing good football and changing up your looks and doing different things that a team has to account for, you're going to catch people. They haven't caught anybody. But back to Olave, he was so wide open that he didn't even realize the ball was coming, and the ball bounced off his face. And – because the Saints were able to figure it out, and I'm pretty sure they won that game, like they can laugh at that and, and talk about it. 
but he was he was butt naked. He was wide open. Where are where are our guys being wide open and missing these opportunities? Like we just don't have that in our offense. We have guys wide open and, and the pass is airmail 30 yards. We have guys wide open and three dudes give up a sack because as soon as the ball was snapped, they, they were already beat. You just don't have any of those opportunities. And 50-50 balls are are something that is is being overly picked on with 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 green bay right now right like you have christian he's massive you would think he'd be able to win some more and he does need to win more he needs to be more aggressive with the catch point this, this is stuff i've been telling him for a long time since he really since he became 6-4 because the best guys at 50 50 balls aren't necessarily always the 6-4 guys otherwise every 6-4 prospect that came in and played offense would be a star wide receiver look at matt hollins matt hollins and christian are basically built the same matt hollins came into the league as a special teams player found his way into finally becoming a receiver five, six years in plus years in his career. Um, they're not always the biggest guy. Devontae Adams isn't the biggest guy. Stefan Diggs is even slighter of stature. Justin Jefferson looks like he's like 185 pounds. But those guys are all, one, extremely aggressive at the catch point. They know how to manipulate their body in ways and do stuff like that. But it's really hard to do that when the guys on your team, one, are all essentially babies. Um, and those are the only looks they're getting where they can get their hands on the ball for the most part. Like this year, if you look at none of our wide receivers have a wide receiver, one level of targets, they just don't, none of them have a, a like, I wouldn't say Romeo has a, a, a legit wide receiver, two number of targets. And for the whole, what first four of the game four four games of the season, he Here's was the one, only Trey. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. When it comes to like targets and yardage and all that stuff, you mentioned KJ Osborne earlier. KJ Osborne would be he is Minnesota's fourth leading receiver going mm. into play yesterday. He would be Green Bay's leading receiver if he was on the team right now. Puka Nakua, for example, is a rookie mid round draft pick. Mm-hmm. He has almost four times the amount of receiving yards as Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. I mean, that all, that stuff says it right there. And that's, like, at the end of the day, we can say, you can, you can talk all you want about, oh, Romeo's not a wide receiver one. He's not even wide receiver two. He's a wide receiver four somewhere. That, that's, what, that's what people keep saying. People are saying Christian is a wide receiver two, wide receiver three at best. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to say. It goes back to what I said earlier on about how can you judge them based off of this? If all you have to say is that, Jaden Reed got a, got a ball taken from him in a 50-50 scenario where the DB made an incredible play. Guess what? The reality of it is, in those situations, that's why they're called 50-50. 50-50. Yes, Jaden can, and if he's more aggressive at, at the catch point, he will yank that ball away and make that play. But you do know the guy on the other side, that one in particular who's been playing great football for Minnesota, he knows the ball is there too. That's why he stole it. And it was in a position where he could steal it. And all the, and, and the jump balls with Christian, there's one guy pulling his arm. There's another guy who gets to play the ball free. Those are not situations that you want to find yourself in all the time. A team that's struggling to get their, their wide receivers the ball, their first nor their second nor their third option should be a fade. It just shouldn't. It should be how can I get the ball in their hands and allow them to, one, do something after the catch, to build confidence in their ability as a receiver to see and get the ball. You have to be in a rhythm. Devontae Adams doesn't get two targets a game, three targets a game, one target a game, and then all of a sudden 
they throw him the ball 15 times and he's going to catch every single one of them. No, he gets the ball every single game a certain amount of times because one, putting the ball in his hands gives you a better chance of winning. Two, that's how you give him opportunities to be successful. Um, and we're we're just not seeing that. Whether it's whether it's Christian or not, like he he's my brother and he he's got to play better. Um, I'll I'll say that right now, like he he really does. But you got to give these dudes the best opportunity to succeed. And right now, whether it's inaccurate passes when they are open, because everyone wants to complain about are they open route concepts that aren't giving them the opportunity to get open. Like what, what do you want guys to do? Um, I mean, the, the most effective thing Christian has been able to do since he's been back is they put him in line, like a tight end and ask him to block blitzing linebackers and safeties. Like what are we doing? Like Christian's actually a great blocker, but that ain't what you drafted him in the second. I don't want you traded up for, for him to do. You didn't you didn't trade up for these guys to be blocking and running hitches all day and you know what I mean like getting three targets a game like you find a way to get your playmakers the ball then you see hey can they do it um, if they drop the ball they drop the ball you have to move on to the next one but like we we got to see more to be able to evaluate literally anybody on this offense because uh, right now none of them are in a position to be all that successful and they haven't been. I remember before the season, as you were talking, Jordan Love saying something along the lines of like, we don't really have a go-to guy for like, you know, third and eight, the defense is going to be expecting him to get the ball is basically how he meant it when he was saying that. Well, one thing I can tell you guys is that was really successful when the whole world knew that 12 was going to 17 for a while. And like, it was almost, I mean, I can still remember this time a year ago, and again, not a knock to the guys who are here, more just praise for Devontae Adams. But when people are like, oh, if Rodgers just runs the offense and distributes the ball, this offense can be better than it was with Devontae Adams, which is asinine to me. <laughs> and it was asinine then, and it's ridiculous now. Again, I like the talent that Green Bay has in their receiver room. None of them are Devontae Adams. And again, that isn't a knock. Devontae Adams is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He is the best receiver I have ever seen put on a Packer uniform. Maybe this is something that if they were able to do more things and run more plays, you know, get a first down, then maybe we would see those things come to fruition. But they haven't done that. And I remember one of the criticisms at the end of Mike McCarthy's tenure here in Green Bay was that he didn't try to stack plays on top of each other. They just ran stuff. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like what they're doing. And some of that, again, a byproduct of unable to move the chains, do anything. You know, Something, for example, that bothered me yesterday. We talked about the RPO earlier that they screwed up. Remove the margin for error. It's third and one. Run behind Elton Jenkins. Get a yard. Bang, you got a first down. Now you could do something instead of, and again, I know I said earlier, this is basic football 101 or like elementary level stuff. Well, maybe you need to do remedial level stuff. I think you said earlier, we're just going to line up in jumbo and run the ball down your throat. Like I remember watching, I've seen teams do that where it's especially true in college because you can definitely get away with that, but a team isn't doing anything particularly well. And they just say, okay, we're going to be able to, we're going to learn this week how to run this play and block this play. And we'll be successful at that. 
And once we do that, we can move on to something else. And then once we do that, we can move on to something else. Green Bay mm-hmm. hasn't been able to do that. Let's finish, please God, on a positive <laughs> note. Rashawn Gary this morning, his own agency reported a four-year, a $107 million extension contract. Details are out. You can find them at Packers Central. Bill Huber had the details from Gary's agent. The one thing I'm the most happy about is this time of year, I feel, I feel like Twitter and Madden and all these – things that we have access to have made everybody believe that they can be a GM and everybody believe that they're trying to outsmart everybody. (laughs) And one of the things that that does is when like these people like, Oh, they have this player who's really good and young. They should trade him. What? What? Like that's not, and especially in football, not how it works. Like if, if you draft a player, develop him for four years, put this much investment into him and say, well, we traded Rashawn Gary for two first round picks and a fourth round pick. That whole locker room goes, damn, like what do I got to do to get a contract here in yeah. Green Bay? Like in Green Bay is already not a very desirable market. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a free agent hot, hot bed. Right. So nonetheless, my favorite part of this is that it'll put stuff like that to bed of saying, well, you know, Maybe Green Bay can trade Gary and get those things. Green Bay shouldn't be trading anybody away that doesn't have an expiring contract. Like, in my opinion, I don't think Rasul Douglas is a popular name. Rasul Douglas might be their best player on defense other than Gary this season. You can't trade him. He should be here next year. He's one of their best players. Mm-hmm. Can't trade him. Kenny Clark, same deal. You know, name your guy, whoever. Doesn't matter who. I'm happy that's put to bed. I'm happy that Trey, did you play against Rashad when you were at Maryland? Uh no, I would have played against them at Illinois though. I played; they had a loaded team. My, uh, my that was like was okay, year. so that would have been him and Bush and and, and Winovich. Uh, Devin, and- Devin Bush would have been young at that time. I think I don't even know if Winovich was playing yet. It was Jabril Peppers. Rashawn oh, that been, team. Yeah, oh. Rashawn would have been the young guy. So yeah, Taco that, Charlton. Yeah, Taco and, Charlton, okay. Jake Butt, Channing Stribling, the corner. The, okay, that team uh, was very good. Jordan yeah, Lewis, Devian Smith. Yeah, that that was that was a that was a team. Okay. Uh, yeah, they ended up blowing it at the end of the year, but that was that was a big time football team. Yeah, JT was short, but we don't need to talk about that. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> at any rate, what I'm happy for with Gary is that when he was drafted. They didn't have a draft party and he wasn't at the draft, but the Packer fan base essentially booed him on the internet. Yeah. Said, why the hell are we picking this guy? He's a bum. He was unproductive, blah, 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 blah. Lazy. All those buzzwords that came out and about about him. And Gary just kind of kept his mouth shut, did his thing, bided his time for a year. And I understand the frustration of the 12th overall pick basically not playing. Thankfully, that particular year, the Packers had Z and Preston Smith, and they just kind of yeah. did thing that year. But he's gotten better every single year. He's become a leader in the locker room. And I can tell you, you know, there are guys who, when they speak, you know, the rest of the team listens. Trey, you've played with those guys. Maybe you were one of those guys. I don't know. But when when this guy speaks, the rest of the team kind of listens in. And those are the kind of players you want. Cornerstone, face of the franchise type player. Kudos to Rashawn Gary for getting getting that. Trey, any final thoughts before we head out? Yeah, man, it's, it's it's great to see him get his money. Uh, it's very well earned, and I mean, just looking at it from a from a contractual perspective, I think it works great for him and for the team. Um, unfortunately, he got hurt at a time where he was probably about to literally break the bank, like you know, reset reset the edge rusher market. 
Um, he didn't do that, which works in the favor of the team, but you know, he still created generations of wealth uh for him and his family, right? So that's that's a win for everybody. Uh so you know, congrats to him for that. Dude is dude is a beast. Uh my last little thing would be I saw that uh which I mean who knows because the, the Titans came out and said that they weren't trading Derrick Henry, but they said the asking price was a second round pick. Uh, if your running game isn't doing very well and you want to, you know, put a little, put a little filler out there, a second round pick to, to see if Derrick Henry can help jumpstart your running game. It doesn't hurt. I mean, I don't, a lot of people wouldn't be a fan of it, but why not? I mean, is a second round pick going to, going to do Derrick Henry back immediately? No. Whether or not he has years remaining on his contract is just, it'd be intriguing. I'll say that. Can't NFL- NFL trade deadline is tomorrow. Stop laughing. Yes, the Packers are making phone calls. Uh, we'll see if that comes to any sort of fruition. If they add anybody, subtract anybody, I, I don't think you'll see anything major one way or the other. But we're out of time. He's Trey Watson. You can follow him on Twitter at MD underscore QUE33. And you can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westdorf. We'll see you guys next week with Jacob Morley. Have a good day. Go Pack. make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer mail checks invoices documents and everything you need to keep your business running get rates up to 89 percent off usps and ups and with the mobile app you can take care of mailing on the go make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com sign up at stamps.com with code program for a special offer that's stamps.com code program This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.